Welcome to the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. The Pharmacy Future Leaders is part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, focusing on pharmacy student perspectives, interviews, and the future outlook of our pharmacy industry. This is Shannon Staten, Director of Education and Professional Development at Rx Insider, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm Tony Guerra for the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast, broadcasting from DMAX Ankeny Campus. Connect with me on Facebook at TonyFarmD1 or YouTube at TonyFarmD, where you can find over 800 pharmacy videos supporting my audiobooks, Memorizing Pharmacology and How to Pronounce Drug Names, both available on Amazon. Today, we're talking with Shannon Staten, Director of Education and Professional Development at RX Insider in Warwick, Rhode Island. Originally from the small seaside town of South Dartmouth, Mass., she earned a bachelor's and master's in business at the University of Rhode Island, earned her PharmD in an accelerated program at the University of St. Joseph School of Pharmacy. She's a three-time marathon runner, and so am I, but I did not qualify for Boston with a time of three hours and 27 minutes, and she ran both the 2012 and 2013 Boston marathons. Shannon, welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Tony. I'm excited to be here. Well, everyone's leadership road is a little different, and yours is a little different than most pharmacists. You started in business school, so tell us how you got into pharmacy. Okay, so I started with my undergraduate in business. I knew I wanted to go to business school ever since I was a kid, Um, so that was a natural step for me for my undergraduate. I loved the University of Rhode Island. I had such a great experience there. Um, But when I graduated, well, actually, when I was in my senior year, I decided that I wanted to have a little bit more of a defined skill set and pursue some more education. So my godfather's a pharmacist, and now he's in industry, and my sister was in pharmacy school. Um, I love math and science, so I decided to just go for it. I took a few prerequisite classes and really loved the chemistry. So, um, and at the same time, I decided to take a job as a pharmacy technician at CVS just to make sure that I enjoyed the retail environment after pharmacy school, even though I knew I probably wanted a a more non-traditional role. Um, Although I knew it would be a long road, I can tell you that Pursuing pharmacy school is a decision that I never regret for one second. I've learned so much. I have so many great opportunities, and I love the community, um, the pharmacy community. Well, we talked to Dallas Tolbert, who was at University of Maryland Eastern Shore, and that's a three-year program as well. Mm -hmm. And she, looking back on it, she was happy she did it, but I don't think she knew how rigorous it was going to be. And we've only heard about one three-year school on the pharmacy podcast. So I'm curious what made you pick a three-year program uh, you decided to go through and your sister was there. So what was it like in the three-year program? What was it like uh, going with a family member? So since I'd already completed a undergraduate degree um, and I had to do some prereqs, I was looking for a three-year program when I started applying for pharmacy school, just to speed up the graduate school process and hopefully gain an extra year of, you know, earning potential. That's a very Um, business-like thing to do to ROI it like that. So (laughs) (laughs) very smart. (laughs) Thank you. Um, 
I don't think I realized how hard it would be, though, <laughs> to, you know, completing the four years in three. Um, but it was great to have my sister there. We had such a great support system. And really, the community at the University of St. Joseph School of Pharmacy is very supportive. They know that the program is difficult and um, they are a new school. So they really make every effort to support you and um, to be there for you. How big was your class actually, though? Your actual class, how many pharmacy students were in it? 83. So that's actually kind of on the smaller side. I was at, I think, about 100 and maybe 120. And with the satellite campus, I think that's another 60. So Maryland has about almost 200 together. Philly has about 200. Dallas, when she was talking about it, she said the two best things about her college was that, was that it was new and it was kind of on the smaller side. So mm -hmm. when you talk about that tagline, which we will not use, uh, and being the best that, yes, being the best, how, <laughs> how many opportunities did you have because the community was smaller, I guess is what I'm really asking, to do what you wanted to do, to kind of get more of a custom feel rather than you're one of a much larger group? Yeah, so having that more custom feel, like the professors were there and they wanted to interact with you in the classroom and outside the classroom. And I think that they really made themselves accessible at all times. Um, so which, whatever you were interested in, whatever type of student that you were, you could find somebody that you would connect with on the faculty or staff. Um, so I feel like in a smaller program, you really get that personalized um, feel and at USJ, they definitely do that. Um, the professors are there for you 100%, and they really do support you in that way. So any potential applicants, I would highly recommend the program because it was just such a great experience for me. Um, and we formed, my class formed such a great bond. Yeah, what I'm uh, hearing more and more is, and uh, the new uh, scores came out for uh, NABplex and, you know, Mm -hmm. We have this U.S. News rankings and all of these things. And over and over again, I hear that pre-pharmacy applicants are in many ways kind of not really looking at those kind of numbers. What they really want to do is go to a place where they feel welcome and they feel like they're part of the community. And you're talking about Connecticut, right? So Rhode Island, Connecticut, still kind of uh, that uh, – I'm mid-Atlantic from Maryland – but you're still mm -hmm. talking about the Northeast, the true Northeast. Yes. Okay. So this, when you told me this next thing, I was just kind of taken aback. And <laughs> you are, I, I, I just have to say that, you know, I complained about my problems with pharmacy school and the difficulties that I had. And then I, I heard what you had to say and I had no more complain about my problems. It's much the same way as I have three five-year-olds. So when two parents complain about one child, I'm like, really? You know, <laughs> I got three going on here and I'm still trying to, you know, work through these things. But you decided to make pharmacy school just a little more challenging. So go ahead and tell us what happened at the end of term uh, and that last Skype call, which I found was just amazing. <laughs> so... 
you know, in my last year of pharmacy school, which everyone knows is the happy year, um, my husband and I found out we were expecting our first daughter and my due date was my last day of my happy rotation. (laughs) So, um, in addition, USJ has a mandatory two-week course after you're done with your appies, which encompasses like a business plan, a research paper, and a NAPLEX review, which is a great course. But of course, um, I was set to have my daughter before that course would be completed, and it's a mandatory course. So there were definitely a lot of naysayers and a lot of people that didn't think I would make it through the year, but I was very determined to finish it. Um, and I thought, you know, if everything works out, we'll just see, we'll just see how it goes. So I had a very healthy pregnancy, thankfully, and, um, made it to my due date. I had my daughter on Friday. Um, (laughs) she was healthy. She's beautiful. We love her. Um, and then they sent me home Sunday. So the next day I just Skyped into the class and I completed those last two weeks literally holding an infant below the computer so that you know not everybody was looking at her in the course but my sister brought an iPad into the class and then I skyped in from my laptop at home so that the professors could actually interact with me like I was physically present in the class through the computer holding her um, with a brand new baby so yeah, it was definitely hard, but and it was crazy, but it was so worth it and um, such a great experience and just teaches you to just push through during those those times. Like it was all good things. So I think that's what helps me to really get through that. Well, as a marathoner who runs <laughs> flat courses, uh, I've run grandmas and I've run the Des Moines Marathon, and while mile eighteen and nineteen is a little lonely. Which is harder, mile 18 and 19 at the Boston Marathon or the last couple of miles you ran in your appy at the end of the third year of pharmacy school? (laughs) Which one would be a little bit tougher? Actually, they were both pretty tough, but I would probably say the, um, you know, getting through those last two weeks of appies with an infant was insane. Um. Thankfully, I have a supportive husband, but he was actually finishing his RIS, his thesis at RISD, so he had to be physically in the classroom, whereas I could Skype in, which was great. Um, so yeah, we just kind of made it work in that sense, but it was definitely harder than uh, than the Boston Marathon, yes. <laughs> okay, so uh, you've, you've done all of these uh, very difficult things, and now you've <laughs> moved to a career, and one of the... Some pharmacists are looking for alternate careers in pharmacies. They want significant autonomy. They want significant creative license. Uh, tell us about your work at RX Insider, uh, which is outside of the traditional retail. Okay. So, yeah, so when I was setting out to do my appies, uh, choosing those sites, I knew that I wanted to be in a non traditional um, pharmacy role. So, I researched RX Insider. I liked what they were doing and not really knowing what to expect. I just decided to sign up for that elective rotation. I met the team really fit in there um, and kept in touch with Greg, which is, you know, it's extremely important for any students listening, researching your appies ahead of time and keeping up 
keeping in touch with your preceptors is essential to landing those great opportunities. So six months after graduation, I got in touch with Greg and um, I landed this position, which is very creative. And I have such an awesome creative team that I work with every day. Um, and I haven't looked back since. It's been a really amazing journey. Um, at Arcs Insider right now, we recognized that there should be a course to teach pharmacists, pharmacy students, and industry professionals about the pharmacy market. So this course called the Pharmacy Experience has been in development for about a year, and it covers everything from the technology, services, products, roles, and the various practice settings in pharmacy. So this course will assist industry professionals um, that are setting out to learn about the industry, and it will provide a great knowledge base for those for IPI and Abbey students looking for those non-traditional elective sites, as well as pharmacists that are looking for you know alternative careers in pharmacy. Um, we also have a few other courses that will be coming out in late spring. I really love what we're doing at RX Insider and the creative team there. So it's just been such a great learning experience and such a great opportunity for me. So tell me a little bit about these uh, courses in terms of uh, access. So you talk about uh, industry people getting to them, but also students getting to them. Uh, is there just a general website that someone would go to? Uh, are they on YouTube or uh, uh, how does somebody see these courses? So that's, you know, it's all coming in late spring, but we are developing a platform right now where students and industry professionals will be able to access it. So it'll be an online platform. Um, these courses are video-based, so those nice bite-sized, um, quick knowledge boluses. If no you information call it. overload. We're not going to do the yeah. top 200 in two weeks. Okay. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So um, just, you know, helping professionals and students finding out the, you know, we live in the information age and the information is there and we're kind of giving it to you through these um, through these courses online um, so that you can further what you're interested in. And it's there. It's a really exciting product, and we're, we're really looking forward to it coming out. And will you have a little bit to show people at APHA? Uh, I'm not sure when this episode will come out exactly, but uh, what will you be showcasing when uh, you guys are there? Uh, I know you get to go to some of the meetings. Mm -hmm. So my focus at APHA is mostly our, our big launch is AACP. Okay. So that will be our big meeting um, where we'll be – you know, showing what the course has to offer. My goals at APHA are more to just do some networking and to, you know, see what's new in the market um, so that we can keep our courses relevant and up to date. And if there's anything that new that's coming out that we really feel like is crucial that pharmacists and students need to know about, then we'll, that's what my role is at APHA and AHP is to keep up on those current market trends. So APHA is end of March, and I think AACP, yeah. I want to say it's June, July? Yeah, it's mid-July. So Mid-July, like okay. In Nashville? Yes, in okay. Nashville. All right, well, we'll look forward to that. Great, we'll be right back. But first, a word from our sponsor. 
Hey, are you talking to Uncle Bob for financial advice? Are you prepared to begin taking charge to secure your financial future? Hi, this is Tim Baker, a certified financial planner and founder of Script Financial. Script Financial is a fee-only financial planning firm dedicated to helping pharmacists and young professionals meet their financial goals. Budgets, student loan repayment plans, saving for retirement, it's a lot to figure out by yourself. Script Financial is a fiduciary that puts your best interest first when taking the proper steps to secure your financial independence. Schedule a free consult by visiting scriptfinancial.com. Script Financial, the prescription to financial freedom. Now back to the Pharmacy Podcast. Um, Well, we actually met on LinkedIn. Uh, I've met many of the Pharmacy Podcast guests on social media, uh, usually Twitter or Facebook. Uh, This is my first LinkedIn connection. Uh, but I'm, and I've just started to get into LinkedIn. Uh, I didn't realize how big a deal it was. I know Microsoft took it over, so there have been quite a few changes. And I guess why I never got into LinkedIn is because I didn't, I'm not looking for a job, and that's what I thought it was. But it's not that anymore, I don't think. It's not just I'm career searching, it's connecting, it's networking, it's finding other people like you in a very, to me, LinkedIn is a little bit like a, a more like a business mixer uh, than it is anything else. But you have something called MyCred. Can you tell me a little bit more about MyCred versus LinkedIn? That was just something I'd never heard of. Yeah, so um, we have MyCred. Um, that's one of the products that we offer with, through the core higher education and arts insider groups. Um, so MyCred is great because it includes the basics like education, experience, um, and your different credentials, but it also goes into more detail about your interests, trade shows you've attended, TED Talks, podcasts that you listen to, um, athletics, hobbies, anything that's like interesting tidbits about you that makes you stand apart. Um, that's what's great about my credit is that it really gives you a nice, well-rounded, comprehensive portfolio of yourself. So I share my MyCred portfolio when I make a new connection so that they can learn more about me personally and not just here's my education, here's my experience, which LinkedIn is great and it is like a business mixer. Um, that's actually a great term for LinkedIn. Um, it's more of like a professional Facebook, I guess. Yeah, um, no, I'd, I'd say I'd say something like that. And it seems yeah. to be something that pharmacy students embrace because – They've, they've many been to, I did a social media talk today at Drake University and I keep hearing or there's this sentiment that social media is dangerous to your career and I think it's really nice that you have something like this where, okay, so an employer is interested, they see a LinkedIn, they're not ready to interview yet and they kind of want something that's intermediate and it sounds like this would be like LinkedIn Plus or something that's, you know, in between that next step gives them a little bit more. Right, exactly. So if they're not ready to interview yet, they're not they're not sure about the person yet, you know, read their MyCred portfolio and they'll have more knowledge about that person and they can make a better decision about whether to bring them in for an interview and find out more about them. Um, that's so interesting that you say that you know, social media is detrimental to the career. That's what students think because I just think that it can be so extremely instrumental in helping you with your career if you use it the right way. Um, 
just using, like having a good brand, thinking of yourself as a brand and how you present that to employers can be really helpful with your career as long as you're channeling that in a professional manner, but also, you know, bringing in your personality, but making sure that you're, I mean, I just always see, I see social media as something that can really help you with networking and providing you with those opportunities that I, that's so interesting that you say that the students wouldn't really, that they think it's detrimental. Yeah. And and I was really (laughs) kind of surprised. I expected everybody to kind of jump into this conversation and maybe it was uh, in some way uncomfortable. I don't know, but it just, uh, it was just very, I was just expecting more social media presence uh, than, than I really got. Uh, But but let's, you know, maybe uh, turn the corner a little bit and talk okay. about being in a creative group because when we think of graduating pharmacy school, we don't think, okay, now – and I, I don't know, you know, what your office is like. But when I think creative group, I'm immediately thinking Google, free snacks, uh, <laughs> ping pong table in the boardroom, uh, you know, self-driving cars. Uh, we've got – you know, walls, you know, where we're writing all kinds of, you know, ideas and things like that. But tell me what it is to work in a creative group. I have an undergraduate degree in English, so the humanities. Uh, What's it like to get to use, you know, that other side of your brain uh, all the time? Um, It truly is so amazing. And I guess in pharmacy school, you, you wouldn't expect to be in a creative role, but everyone has that creative side. So I think that being at Arcs Insider has really brought that out in me and something that I wouldn't really expect for myself. Um, But the group dynamic is great. It's really a team environment. And everyone in a creative group has different skill sets. And that's what I think I love so much about working on the team projects there is that everyone brings a little bit something different to the table. You know, you have video production and graphic design and programming and all types of different people that are just great at what they do. Um, You know, even like sales, business development, all of those that you wouldn't think are traditionally creative, they are. Um, And everyone comes together and really just has like such a nice collaboration that it's, it's never boring. Every day is um, interesting and exciting. And I'm just so thankful that I get to be here because I'm learning something new every day. I guess if I, I guess, and maybe I'm stereotyping here, but when I think, okay, the path to a creative career, I don't think, let me get an undergraduate business degree and then an MBA and then a farm D, and then I'm going to be an artist. (laughs) That's not what I, I, I guess, the the lot you know the linear logical side of my brain's you know just saying no no you know it's uh, so how 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 did this uh, happen how did this creativity come forth or how did uh, you know you how did you get the skills to do what you need to do creatively uh, with that background at URI and then at you know uh, University of Saint Joseph so I mean like you said I'm not in a traditional role so if you think of it in the traditional sense yeah it does sound crazy to go to like business school and then pharmacy school and be in a creative role but 
entrepreneurs are some of the most creative people that there are. They're just creative in a different sense. And I don't want to sound too like woo woo or anything, but, um, <laughs> you know, you you're creative. Or... <laughs> <laughs> like you're creative, Tony, you create your eBooks. Like where did that come from? That comes from that creative side of you. So I guess, no, I'm not going out there and being an artist, but I'm using that creative thinking and, um, you're you know, a problem that's... solver. It sounds like you've, you've learned to solve problems and you've just kind of changed the way that you solve them or you've brought people in that have different ways of looking at things. And it sounds like you're, you're learning as much from the team as they are from you. Exactly. And I'm learning from, you know, even just from Greg, from the you know CEO of the company, he's creative and he's a pharmacist. So it's great to be like, having him as a role model and then the team also I'm learning from them every single day and they yeah they do learn from well I like to think that they might learn something from me <laughs> okay well, well, well who knows well, okay well we'll go uh one one last different direction which is I've been to one socket I did I, I did work for CVS for a time I went to do some training up there but mm -hmm. And I've seen a little bit of Providence and, and Brown University and, and all of that. But I don't know Rhode Island, and I certainly don't know West Hartford, Connecticut. So tell me a little bit about what it's like to live in this region of the United States. I know nothing about it. I've never been north of Jersey. Wow. So you definitely should come here because um, Rhode Island is the most beautiful little state in the world. I, I truly think that. And just New England in general is so historical and so beautiful. Um, there's water everywhere. I love that, you know, there's Newport, Providence, Jamestown, Narragansett, the East Bay. It has such a great energy. Um, I love it here. When I was at URI, it was very relaxed. And then obviously Newport's like heaven on earth. But um, you know, Connecticut is great too. It's just not, it's not like seaside. So for, no, I, I, I get you. I'm from an ocean state. I'm from Maryland and I'm in Iowa and man, I love my wife, but I still miss the ocean a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's just got such a great feeling. But if you ever do come to new, to new England in general, the best things to do are Fagawi, the Newport Folk Festival, Obviously, the Boston Marathon, yeah, and you have to go skiing. Because well, I, I have, I have, would qualify if I was an eighty-year-old woman. So my <laughs> times are coming down, uh, and I, what I'm hoping is that that intersection of I get old enough, and the times get slow enough that somewhere at that intersection, maybe one day I'll get to go to Boston. Uh, but I think you had some uh, uh, shout-outs you wanted to throw out there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, El Forno's is like the best restaurant ever. So um wanted to shout them out. And Newport Folk Festival, because that's coming up in the summer, and it's absolutely amazing. So Okay, well, what blanket advice would you have for new graduates? You're so happy with your experience in undergrad, you're happy with your experience uh, in uh, grad school, you're happy with your job. I think some people are going to just be like, come on, anything bad <laughs> happened to her? 
You know, so what's some blanket advice to gain that kind of joy and happiness in not only your career, but everything that led up to it? So some blanket advice for new graduates, I would just say is like the first thing is just don't settle. Like I'm no, I'm not really in a clinically in a clinical pharmacy role, but I know so many people want those roles and the residencies are so competitive. So if you don't get one this year, you know, try next year. Um, there are fellowships, there are hospital positions that, you know, the, um, they're willing to put the time in to train you if you have the drive. Same goes for the non-traditional roles. If you're in retail and you want to do something different, um, whether that be in pharma or PBM or informatics, um, just keep applying, find a career, find a recruiter that you feel confident in and keep pushing because what you do outside of your work hours um, will really help you to develop that next career move. And don't forget about where you are now. Um, you can really step it up a notch and maybe get some opportunities if you put the extra time in outside of work where you are now and just be positive. You know, you never know what could be coming down the line for you. Um, also networking with your past relationships, making new relationships, using social media as a tool, um, ask yourself how you can help other people because helping other people, I think truly, you know, just, it comes back to you, um, having that positive energy and, you know, making sure that your intentions are pure and helping them out. Um, you never know what might come back to you. Also for new grads, I definitely recommend, you know, you get those really high salaries coming out of school and just stay within your means financially. I know there's so much like student debt that we have to pay off and um, you want to be able to take a risk if, if an opportunity comes up that might be, you know, a little lower paying or it might be a, a lot of an investment to move. You want to kind of stay within your means so that you can make those jumps when they come about. Um, and then continually educate yourself. I don't mean just with the mandatory continuing education credits that pharmacists have to do. I mean like learning every day. Um, you can constantly learn every single day, even if you're just doing like personal development, reading books, um, you know, doing the pharmacy experience course, um, taking other courses online, anything that you're interested in that you can enhance those skills, I think will definitely help new graduates and lastly just to get out there and do it make things happen you have to have the drive you have to be relentless you don't like let anyone tell you that you can't do something because you can you just have to the first thing is just to be proactive and believe in yourself i think you have a career as a motivational coach on the side for sure so. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm sure people would want to contact you uh what would be the preferred what well, we can put it in the show notes for sure but what is your preferred way to be contacted um you know, you can contact me by email. Um, I have my email is shannon.staten at rxinsider.com. Or, um, you know, I'm pretty active on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at pharmacy inspo. Um, and then on LinkedIn, I definitely am active on my LinkedIn. So just Shannon Staten on LinkedIn. Okay. Well, let's get a couple of quick hit questions. Uh, what's okay. your best daily ritual to keep your work on track? Best daily ritual is to exercise. Um, I've had my best ideas come to me when I'm exercising. 
I, you know, either do 30 minutes of running or I do, um, insanity or core de force or, you know, some sort of home workout just because I have my daughter. Um, but yeah, exercising for sure. When you're running six minute pace, that 30 minutes is a bit more of a, uh, a workout that I'm probably getting with my 30 minutes. <laughs> What's the best career advice you've ever received? Um, my dad told me to, um, when I was a kid, to never give up. So never give up never, and to, you know, fulfill my potential. So I really just think about this every single day. Just, you know, overcome those obstacles. Be I know relentless. you probably had obstacles and it just, it's just because we're summarizing everything. It just all comes out as, and that happened, and that happened, and that happened, and it all worked out. Happy ending. Uh, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure there, were, there was more difficult times for you. And then what inspires you? Um, people really inspire me. My family inspires me. My daughter, my husband, they inspire me to work hard every day. Um, my parents are super hardworking entrepreneurs, as are my in-laws, and both of them really inspire me every day. And my team at Arcs Insider. Greg, he is another pharmacist entrepreneur, um, and the team at Arcs Insider is full of dedicated, hardworking people with a passion for what they do. So in my personal and my professional life, I'm surrounded by um, inspiring people that inspire me. All right. Well, Shannon, thanks so much for being on the Pharmacy Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. If you're interested in being on the Pharmacy Podcast, contact me uh, on Facebook at TonyFarmD1. Uh, if you're interested in sponsoring an episode, uh, contact us at publisher at pharmacypodcast.com. We thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. Be sure to share the show with the hashtag Pharmacy Future Leaders. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.